getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I am Fergus, I am your host, I'm joined by my three good, good, good friends, Gunnar Hilsey, uh, Danish Gunnar and Capo Dan. How are we doing, boys? Uh, Trev, uh, you were very, very well behaved yesterday. You t- yeah. I, did you Did you even go past the one pint mark? I had, I had two pints, I properly had two pints as well. <laughs> I was absolutely knackered from a very late night on Friday. Um, so I drove yesterday and uh, I'm just, I'm knackered, totally shot today. I'm and I had a decent night's sleep last night, I think, but I'm just, just age creeps in now, boys, and I am absolutely knackered. But I better have a weekend I haven't had it in a long time when it comes to supporting our great club. It was Alex, uh, you were watching from afar, um, and uh. How was it? How was your weekend? Was it happy by the end? Yes, I've had a big smile on my face throughout Monday. It really cheered me up getting up this morning. I think I watched watched the highlights five times, uh, watched it in different languages, been soaking up everything to do with the game from yesterday, watching all the pictures and videos. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a good Monday and uh, and the weekend was good as well. So it was a brilliant finish to it was dan have you got a voice i have i've been on throat lozenges all weekend or that weekend all, all morning trying to get ready for this but it's been it's been a right weekend isn't it yeah it's not too bad not too bloody bad. brilliant bloody brilliant <laughs> listen we are look it's october it's a busy month for us we have lawns with man city we've got chelsea seville and, and sheffield uh, united to come up later this month uh but we will rewind briefly uh back to earlier in the week when we'd done the european away trip um all the lads outside the irish bar um with uh over land and sea lyle and 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 kieran and sam and uh, so many of us it was just a really 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 enjoyable trip um non-football wise trev uh you traveled with me in the car um, you didn't nearly kill yourself. We, we had a great trip. We had a really in, in, enjoyable trip, didn't we, mate? We did. It was uh, it was such an easy journey, wasn't it? You know, straight on the train up and straight up to Lons, wonderful little town, Lons. Not, um, but yeah, it was a it was a really easy away trip to do um, to get there and back. And uh, on the way back, we had a little detour and we had a little. Drive along the beach, me and Fergus, a little romantic drive along the Normandy beaches, and uh, yeah, all <laughs> that does sound beans. romantic. Bit of French beer, uh, well. yeah, all in all. Look, it, it, as far as the European away trips go for the football and for the town, it wasn't the best we're ever going to have. But all away trips to Europe are, are, are fun, you know, because you're with good people and you're having a good time. So, yeah, it was most enjoyable. And thank you for driving, Fergus. Much appreciated. Yeah, he even managed, right? He'll tell you about this, I dare say. He somehow managed to blag us two hours back early on the on the channel. <laughs> 10, 
he just drove through these lights everywhere, no other cars about, and said, don't make eye contact with any, don't make eye contact with anybody. Trevor, do not make eye contact with anybody. <laughs> I looked up and we were driving on the bloody train. I don't know how he did it, but anyway, we were on. And, and, and Trev, you know what? I did. I, did, I put those uh, two hours to good use. I ended up, because we didn't drink a huge amount of, out in, um, in Lons, I ended up uh, dumping my bags the wife wasn't in. I was still on holidays. I went to the pub and I ended up. Oh, I was. Yeah, it was. It was one of those. One of those. I made. A, I was a bit like you know, um, somebody might be say uh, you know a cranberry. I had a cranberry juice. I felt like singing a zombie song. I, I don't know, Dan. Dan, Monday night. Talked about Monday don't night. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! <laughs> I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to play it. Don't worry. Oh, oh, that <laughs> video. <laughs> I know what video I have my Andy. Do not play that tune. I've got some headaches. Well, I'll tell you what I have in Paris. Sorry, sorry. Is this is this Ed Sheeran that we got on here? Is this Dan? Are you two oh. done yet? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm I'm blaming the uh the French beer that I didn't know was nine percent and by god it hit me all in one go as you could probably tell from the the high pitch vocal that uh, Ed Sheeran yeah. was doing that night. So yeah. Trev, do you remember we, we, we arrived in, in Calais around I think it was one o'clock local time. It's about an hour, an hour and a half drive down to Lons, and uh we rang up um Dan and he sounded like he'd been on the piss for about three weeks. He really sounded rough. I put the phone down. I went, Jesus Christ. Then when we met him at three o'clock, he went, oh, I think somebody spiked my drink. I said, really? <laughs> he said, you did sound off. He said, yeah, I didn't realise that was 8.9, that beer. I said, how many did you have? I had about three or four. I said, no, you didn't. There's three pints in one of those pint glasses. It was absolutely lethal. Absolutely lethal. It's good yeah. stuff, I'll tell you yeah, what. Yeah, I want to yeah, yeah. there, uh... Start the singing career. Go to France and have a few beers, and you'll you'll kickstart your career. Don't worry. Uh, uh, Victor in the chat. What a wonderful weekend it has been. What an absolutely wonderful weekend. We represented green, white, and gold, red and white. There we go. (laughs) I didn't. I don't know. I have a flare behind me, but yeah. God, God save the team all day long. <laughs> Arsenal's Ed Sheeran, you know who you are. Who you are. You know 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 you are. Who you are. <laughs> that was hilarious. Look, if anybody doesn't know why it is, um, we'll just. No. Let's, I, I've got it on my phone. I've got it on my phone. Let's let's let's. No. Can... I'm look. I'm oh, going. Poor Dan. <laughs> Can't hear it. I can just hear some wonderful vocals. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, dear. I want to hear Trev do it. <laughs> Alex, you, you woke up to that on, on, on um, was it Tuesday morning or whatever it was. What, what was your thoughts of um, Ed Sheeran's latest hit? Well, I didn't think it was that bad, but then I started seeing the reactions on Twitter. <laughs> Complete and overreaction, I, Alex. You was right at first uh, first glance. It wasn't yeah. that bad. It, it could be a number one, and it may even make a comeback if you don't keep talking about it. So. I, I hope it does. I hope it does. But yeah, I, I felt sorry for Dan. I think you woke up a bit later, didn't you? You posted it late at night, and then you woke up to an absolute shitstorm from I, I, I a lot of say that fans. I woke up the next morning, and I did not know why my phone was dinging so much. I looked at my phone <laughs> and thought, oh, there's a video I've been posted. 
Oh, I'll post it. Looked a bit close. I pressed play and thought, no, it's got to come down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you'd already had a few messages of us to take it down. Listen, let's talk about the, the game briefly. So, Lons, uh, we started with Raya back in goal, Tomiyasu, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Rice, Odegaard, Havertz, Saka, <laughs> Trossard and Jesus. Um, we started reasonably uh, bright. It was a nightmare getting to the ground. Uh, myself and Trev left just after half seven, about a 20-minute walk to the stadium. Uh, and we got in just in time for kickoff because um, our friendly hosts decided to send us on a wild gooch chase into car parks. Uh, and my schoolboy French actually got me out of a bit of a trouble when I was speaking to some guy who was kind enough to let us through past all the Sky TV um trucks and got about 15 or 20 of us in in time but it was an absolute joke uh, but the atmosphere in that stadium um trev was was outstanding they hadn't been in the champions league since 2002 the last time we played them uh, obviously was in uh, wembley when we used to play uh, our games at wembley before we moved to the emirates stadium for the champions league it was a really really good atmosphere wasn't it trev yeah indeed it was mate i mean it's you get atmospheres like that all over Europe at places, Germany in particular, but for a small town, you know, I think the ground is actually bigger than town, you know? It's, it is, yeah. They created an amazing atmosphere in fairness to them, and uh, we they quietened a little bit after we went 1-0 up because we started the first 20 minutes. I thought we started really well, you know? And, and we'd shown our intentions with the team we selected. We played really well, but... I, th I think the crowd was, was maybe their 12th man. I don't know because they didn't start from start to finish. They were incredible supporters. Not so nice outside the stadium, their supporters, but they were they were very, very good inside the stadium. Yeah. Uh, Dan, we, we, we had quite a, a, a decent uh, lead up to it. The atmosphere before the game was really, really good. Uh, we got into the stadium. I know you got in a little bit earlier and, and, and it was quite lively uh, among the Arsenal faithful. Uh, 14 minutes in, Jesus um, with an assist from Saka, probably one of his last uh, um, appearances in the game, uh, puts us 1-0 up. Uh, a, a good goal, a great assist. Uh, Saka's now the first player to have five goals and five assists right across all European leagues. Uh, which is a, a really fantastic stat for a young a young player. Um, how how we know the result, but how important was the loss of Saka on the overall performance to the game? Yeah, I mean, without jumping ahead too much, you've only got to look at the impact that Martinelli had coming on yesterday. When, when we've got a winger with pace that can attack someone one on one, it just gives us a completely different dynamic as a team. And when they come off, we are very back and forwards, pretty passing sideways, and and we lack a bit of threat in behind, and and it, it shows, right? I, I don't think we're there yet as a team in terms of our top level, in in terms of being a creative outlet. And Saka and Martinelli, between the two of them, are a huge part of our team, um, as they would be for any team because they're that good. But we've got some good players that can come in, but that you can tell they're they're not quite at the level of the likes of Saka and Martinelli, and they they do just take us up a level and and. Huge, huge players for us. Yeah. Um, oh, I've just hang on. I've just hit some, on the other screen. Um, Alex, um, uh, Tomasin uh, and Wahi uh, on the 25th and 69th minute, uh, they managed to um, re you know, reduce the deficit to a draw and uh, subsequently went ahead. Um, and Lons, who last season finished second in the league behind PSG, only one point behind them, um, are quite disciplined and quite defensive. They went into two banks for four, and it was going to be really, really hard for us to break down uh, that side. 
yeah, we really struggled breaking breaking them down. They were very disciplined and and then they were clinical when they when they got their chance. And on the last podcast, I told to watch out for their striker uh, Eli Wahi, and he was the yeah. guy who uh, assisted the first goal and scored the second. Um, and I feel like away from home, we've been good uh, in regards to concentration and keeping personal errors and and these yeah individual mistakes down, but. Um, it's it's what what cost us in the end in this game. Um, it was a poor pass from Raya. Uh, we have to give give it to the guy f- from Longs. It was a good finish for the first goal, and then uh, f- for the second goal, uh, there was three of our defenders in the box, uh, but none of them picked up uh, their striker who who just stopped uh, in the box and was completely free to finish finish off uh, the goal for two one. Um, but yeah, I was surprised how how well they played um, and how disciplined they were uh, in their defending. So um, credit to them. But we should do better in in breaking down those sort of defenses. And I feel like we just looked tired throughout that game, and it didn't help when when Saka went off as well as as you talked about before. Fabio Vieira is a different player to Saka. He um, he he gives us something else, but we really miss what Saka does when he comes off, and we haven't really got any other player in the squad. Who does what Saka does? So hopefully we we'll bring in. Alec, yeah, would you, sorry, would you have brought Would you have brought Nelson on instead of uh, Vieira at that point? Mm, possibly, yeah. Um, but I think it's nice having a left footed on the right right hand side like Saka is. Um, but Nelson, he he, I think he did well when he came on. He he had a couple of chances. He had a really big one, as I remember. In the second half, which he should should have scored, as Tom Yasu had as well. So I mean, we had our chances, we just didn't take them, and and they were clinical uh, longs. Mm, mm. Trevor, uh, we stuttered, we spluttered, didn't really look like we were going to get into the game, and the closest we come to even equalising and, and salvaging a draw, which I would have been disappointed with, but better than losing was Tommy Asu. Um, he had a good game when he came on and he was good again uh, uh, yesterday, which we'll talk about. But he had a really good header. And when I saw it live, I thought he headed it straight at the keeper. But I've seen seen it on a replay and it, he wasn't that far off, was he? No, no. He's, he's, he's come back this year as a very decent player, as Tommy Yasu. Of our backup players, as Dan just rightly mentioned, you know, he's the one that I like the most out of all of them. He's, uh, he's going to come on and always on a show and I thought he did really well when he came on. I also thought that Smith Rowe did well as well when he came on in fairness. Um, for someone that's not had hardly any game time, he was right in the game and he, he got more chances when he was on than our strikers. I think a little bit more maybe game time recently, a little bit more time up his sleeve and, and he might have put one of them away but they, they worked us out a lot. I thought they worked us out Lons and, and the boys were exactly right. When we took Saka off we had no width. Um, it's shown the last last couple of games we've had not a lot on the left without Martinelli. We've we've struggled to make any any room down the left, and of course when Saka goes off, that takes away a lot of our right hand side as well. And I, absolutely, I think he should have brought Nelson on rather than rather than Vieira. With all respect to Vieira, you know horses for courses, and I think that Nelson was the lad that should have come on and filled in on the right. But and then just to finish it off. I don't know how you boys saw it, but I thought Lon, Lon sort of worked Zinchenko out as well, you know. I think they worked Zinchenko yes. out. I think they, they knew he was going to move into the middle of the field and they exploited the space behind him quite well. So, you know, they didn't play bad, Lon. For a team that's struggling, I thought they played all right. But 
we went into the game strong and I was full of confidence of getting a win. And I'm still a bit disappointed about it now because it's been Arsenal over the years. We've we've often come up with these kind of disappointing performances in Europe for some reason. And I hope that's just a one-off. I hope that's done with now because now Seville becomes a very important game, doesn't it? You know, Seville, it it don't get a result in Seville and then we're all starting to wonder what's going on here, you know. So, yeah, it, it was a bad, bad result for a Champions League and where we're going to go in it. It's not the end of the road, far from it, obviously. But it was a bad result because it puts a lot of pressure on us now for Seville in what is already a busy part of the season, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I was very disappointed with, with our result and our performance. Just finishing up on the uh, on the Lons game then, um, Dan, uh, some really good, strong performances. Like, and Sinchenko was pointed out as, you know, he was found out to a certain degree. He was a tactically found out. But I thought he had a good performance on the pitch. Uh, it's just that Lons knew that he was going to, as Trev said, he was going to come into the in the inverted role and expose that area and just put long balls over the top. Declan Rice had a good game. You know, Jesus performed uh, well, um, but pushed out wide. Uh, who stood out for you as, uh, in, in that game? I wouldn't say they um, worked Sinchenko out as such. I think they worked Arsenal out tactically as an yeah. outlet. Um, they knew where we were going to push from to suck us on to them a little bit and then hit us on the counter and, and exploit spaces, as Trev said. So I think that's just a, a team playing their cup final, the home games in the Champions League with a great atmosphere in the stadium. Every player was up for it. When you go to that sort of atmosphere, it's, it's always going to be tough for you as a team. And then I, I still think if Saka stays on, we still win that game. I don't think we were we were awful. It was, certainly wasn't one of our best performances. Um, we just wasn't clinical, as Alex said, and I think it makes a huge, huge difference, not just in front of the goal, but in, in our own box as well. We were sort of half a yard off of it, and and, and that's, you know, the, the space they got for their, their second goal was way too much space to be given to them. So look, I think it's a, it's a one-off. I think put it behind us and, and let's move on and make sure we get the three points to get Sevilla. Which, which which we did in the league. Um, but before we finish up, we were held back for nearly 90 minutes. Um, and, uh, well, we came down the stairs into the concourse and we thought we're going to be held here. And then he opened the gates. We thought, happy days, let's get home. Uh, the game finished at 10 to 11. Um, and then we were standing in a car park for what it seemed like hours, no instruction on nothing. Even Adam, the police liaison officer, was chatting to him. He hadn't got a clue. The police were told we were going to be held back for 15 minutes and that was it. And there we were nearly an hour and a half later. Um, we eventually did get sent back up the other end of the, the stadium, right round along uh, Wild Goose Chase, uh, a police escort down as far as the like sort of square intersection. And the police virtually abandoned us down at that point. Me and you, and we were with Leslie in, in a company, we walked up the street and, it was carnage. There was just like French running out of bars, smashing all sorts of people for no reason. And no, I will add that not one Arsenal fan was up for looking for a row. Some stood the ground, which I have no problem with, but there was they would just look for trouble. And you said it was the night before as well. Yeah, I think it's worth saying. I genuinely think Arsenal was a club let our fans down that night because you know the the, the thousands of fans that travel home and away need to be looked after especially in a in a game like that where police have already said it was high risk and you know having reports of what happened the night before they should have known what was coming and then before the game to send us through the home fans without real sort of you know guidance of where we should and shouldn't go could have quite easily ended up with a uh, more issues for us before the game i know there was reports in in the newspaper of an arsenal fan being attacked before the game 
Um, and then, yeah, what, what we saw afterwards, Berg, it's not, it's not football. It's not what fans go for. And and genuinely, I, I don't know who the bloke was in front of us that, that we saw, but he seemed to get hit around the back of the head and everyone pile into him. And it's um, it's just organised groups that look for fights. Yeah, and, and, and we had people in cars as well, hanging out the cars, gone on Gule Arsenal. And, I, don't, I, I don't mind that too much, Berg, but I think it is important to say as well that before the game, there was a lot of friendly fans there. And yes, it is always the minority that ruins it for the majority. But you know that sort of place like that, it seems to be a regular occurrence. And for the police just to basically stop on the corner where they did and not go up that left-hand street that we turned at all, surely it was so obvious that there was going to be issues. Oh, and we we even asked them for directions and said, "Is this the way?" And at that point, they should have probably said, "Don't go that way." Or go via the station. Yeah. Well aware what goes on, and, and yeah, but Arsenal, Arsenal need to be looking after the fans better for, for those sort of trips. Look, uh, guys, look, look, look on, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. There's nothing Arsenal Football Club can do about that, right? There's, there's nothing Arsenal. It's been going on for years, Dan. The thing is, right? The overseas police they have this visionary of English football fans, right? They, they, um, they, they, they think that every football team that goes to France or Spanish in particular. And the French are going to cause trouble, and those those policemen would have been waiting on that corner for the Arsenal fans to react, right? And trust me, if the Arsenal fans are reacted, they wouldn't have gone near the French fans. Those police wouldn't have gone near the French fans. They're not like the police here, where they like dressing rainbow clothing or and, and and give them you know give them presents and let them do what they want. Those police in them countries overseas, they are looking for an excuse. They they are looking for an excuse to give you a belt. It's happened to me in Spain. On more than one occasion, and I steer clear of all the trouble, you know. They're savage, those police. And I don't know what Arsenal... Arsenal will have made representations, I'm sure, to Lons Football Club and to the Lons Police, but they won't listen. They don't like the English, and they look for any excuse to give us a beasting. And 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 that's what happens. It's horrible. It's wrong, but that's how they've always been, and I can't see how they change it, because they don't like us. No. The only thing I'd say to that, Trevor, is Ultimately, who is responsible for the welfare of Arsenal's fans travelling overseas, right? And, and it's a combination of it is the authorities in that country, but also the club to look after the travelling fans. And I, I didn't see any information really before the game telling us where we should go and where we shouldn't go. And the, the truth of it is that the street that, that me, Ferg and, and Leslie walked down, we shouldn't have gone down that street. Let's be honest, we should, probably should have carried on to the next street with the police escort bits and then turned off further up. That doesn't mean there's not going to be trouble, but... We should have been guided a lot better on that. Knowing what's going to happen is going to happen, as you said. Like you're not, you're never going to stop that. You know what's going to happen, but there, there just was no guidance for us as, as fans as where no, we should go. Wasn't. So you've and mate, that mate, you've just supported what I've said there. Then they left you on that corner for a reason, then police, because they knew you were going to go down that street, and they probably knew there was going to be a load of trouble. But they you were could see it. You could see it. We literally got Arsenal fans. We've got two minutes around the corner, and you could see I heard bars bouncing and everything else. I thought, oh, and then there was a, a few people just in front of us, as you said, and all of a sudden it just piled in. But let, listen, let's look at the positives uh, of where we were. We're, we're still, you know, uh, looking to qualify, uh, and we're off to Seville, and hopefully we don't have 
um, the issues out there. But this weekend was just a, an amazing weekend. Some people made a proper, proper weekend of it. Uh, Trevor, uh, a nice picture from outside the um, the, the, the Hammersmith Apollo. Uh, you saw Lewis Dunford. Um, listen, we normally do this at the end. Why don't we do this now? Trevor, Trevor, for uh, the hundreds and thousands of people around the country and the world who didn't have the pleasure of being there, didn't have the foresight of actually booking it. And I know a lot of people have, in hindsight, thought, Christ, I wish I'd booked uh, a ticket there. Um, what was it like? How enjoyable was it? It, it was amazing. My middle son and my daughter-in-law bought us the, the tickets uh, some time ago and uh, best present I've ever had, mate. It was, um, they bought us tickets upstairs because they said, you know, I'm too old to be standing downstairs <laughs> with them youngers all night. So I went upstairs, never sat in my seat all night, just bounced around up there. It was, he's an amazing performer. Taking away the Arsenal affiliation, he's got a cracking voice and he's got a cracking way about him, Louis Dunford, you know. You can't help but like him and you, you sort of, you just want to listen to him sing and then add it with 5,000, 5,000 avid Arsenal fans there that just, the atmosphere, it was it was perfect because when he sang his other songs, they let him sing the songs. They didn't shut him down. And then between the songs, they were all singing the Arsenal songs. Ben Bennett was writing amongst it, let me tell you, it was our Ben. But um, yeah. Did he, was, did he issue Lewis any tickets for like song police uh, breaches or anything like that? No, we were all right. We were all right. <laughs> And then, um, of course, he goes off. He, he went off for about ten minutes, and then came back on for um, for to do North London Forever, and it just took the roof off the place. It was just spine tingling. Superb night to be at Louis Dunford concert, and superb night start the start of a superb weekend as an Arsenal fan. You know, brilliant. 
Um, we started uh, with a lineup of uh, David Raya back again in <laughs> the one Ben. Uh, uh, David Raya in goal, uh, Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Rice, Jorginho, Odegaard, Trossard, Jesus, and Eddie Inketier up top. Um, I'll ask you because you were weren't at the game, uh, Alex. How confident were you? When you saw that lineup, in particular, David Raya back in goal, we saw he had made a couple of errors uh, away in Lons, um, you know, and then we had Eddie up top and Jesus out wide and no Saka. We had Martinelli on the bench, party on the bench. What, what were your thoughts looking at it all? Well, I must admit, I was more confident before I saw the lineup. I was hoping that both uh, Saka would be ready, which he wasn't. He wasn't even in the squad. And then I was hoping Party would be ready and fit to start uh, the game uh, with Rice, um, which he didn't. He wasn't. So um, I was a bit less optimistic after seeing the lineup. Um, yeah, with two key players being out, um, and Jorginho, he he had a sh- shaky game against Tottenham when he came on, but he is. A, I mean, he is a big game player. He's a very experienced player. Played in in all the 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 biggest games, so. Um, I was confident with him starting, but as we saw when he came on party, he's just he's just different, and he's he's so good. We've missed him uh, the past couple of games where where he hasn't played, but we have to remember they they were missing some key players as well. So they were. I felt like this was the one that we were going to beat them. Uh, no, no Rodri, no De Bruyne. So um, I was um, I was less optimistic after seeing the lineup, but I was still optimistic we could get a get a result. Dan, it was um, uh, not so liquid start to the day for you. It was for me. And uh, and you two there, Dan and Trev, you were very, very well behaved. The atmosphere was good in the stadium. It was a little bit hard to get going at, at first. But once it got going, it really was rocking. Look, there was no animals or children harmed in the making of this next clip. The worst dad dancing I've seen. Andrew sent me through some clips of uh, of um, of Sunday, and yeah, I definitely am not going to make stars in their eyes or or anything like that. Um, <laughs> uh, Dan, what did you make of the lineup? What did you make of the atmosphere? What did you make of the whole feel of the day get, getting into the game? You know, we're all very excited on WhatsApps and sending each other messages after, as we said, the Lewis Dumford beforehand uh, the, the night before for many. Yeah. Uh... Honestly, I think I was expecting Saka and Martinelli to to be back. I was I was hoping for a boost, and I thought they'd be in the lineup. So when I first saw that lineup, having expected them to start, it was a bit of a kick. But as we were saying at the time to people, you know, let's let's just get behind Hang the boys, on. be positive. Trev, what are you doing? What? Oh, sorry, mate. Well, after I stayed in the stadium after the game, right, and. Uh, I was around the ex- and I bumped around to get the ground. I bumped into William Saliba, right? And he said to me, Yeah, do you want my shorts? And I said, What really? He said, Yeah, he said, I'll sign them. So he signed these shorts and gave me his game shorts from yesterday. And fuck me, I just found Ireland in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fair play, Trev. <laughs> Go on. Go on, Dan. It was worth it. It was worth it. <laughs> oh, God, you too. <laughs> um, yeah, but basically, it felt, it felt like a bit of a a bit of a kick having them not start. But, yeah, as we were saying, I think be positive, get behind the boys, and and, and the best chance we have is, is by making a good noise. And it did take a while to get going, but I think when it did go, it was it was a good atmosphere. Um, there's many, many new faces around. Um, I think that makes it very different from from you, from you what we normally get. Um, yeah, the ballot is having an effect. You can, you can definitely feel it. But look, let's let's be honest, right? There were some new faces there that that were making as much noise, if not more. And if and if we get people like that in and around, then that's all we want. So I couldn't really care less um, as long as people are in the ground and making a noise. It's it's a shame when people don't. So I think let's focus on the positives and say when you get there, keep making a noise, and keep doing what you're doing. Um, I just feel like when you get in the ground, whatever your thoughts and views are, just get behind the boys. And and the the anxiety around the game, I think, definitely had an effect on the team when they started. Um, I feel like that needs to be left a little bit on the concourse and when you get into into your seat, try and try and do away with that. It's easier said than done because like, everybody... It is, it is done. And, and and when there's like two or three hundred or five hundred or a thousand of us in block five and block six and we can get that, but when you got people up and that don't get what we're getting and understand it the same way, that is going to transmit. Trevor, um, as Dan said, there was a, a bit of trepidation in the ground the first 10 or 15 minutes, 10 minutes or so. We did make it difficult for ourselves. Raya put himself under pressure that he didn't need to do so. Uh, Declan Rice cleared one off the line. Uh, you know, their only shot on target, I might add. Um, it, it was a little bit nervy to start with, Trev. Mate, for me, it was... Nervy for about 80 minutes of the game, you know. It's, it was yeah. like for me, it was like watching two heavyweight boxers that are both packing a knockout punch, you know. And so the bloke that's fighting him is going to play cagey and dodge and weave and not give anything away. And that was what it was like for me. It was it, if, if, if you were a neutral, it was a horrible game to watch, I would imagine, because it didn't, yeah, it flow. wasn't a great game. No, it didn't flow. The defenses were, were superb on both sides, right? Let's be fair. and and, and neither side wanted to lose that game. And, and we had a massive reason not to lose it. Our record is horrendous, you know. So for me, it was it was like, it, it just I was entranced with it, right? I was entranced with thinking, what is going to happen here? And I, I went through periods of the game. Like Obviously, the first 15 minutes, I thought, oh, God, please, Ray, sort your feet out, son. Sort your feet out, Ray, you know, and let's start playing. You could see he was nervous, right? And then I thought we came into it and then middle of the second half, up until about 75 minutes, I thought City could nick this now. They're starting to put a bit of pressure on. And then when we brought our subs on, bang, I could only see one side nicking a winner. I could only see mm -hmm. one side nicking a winner and that was us. Because credit where it's due, those four substitutions hugely changed the game. Hugely changed the game. I just want to take a step back, right? Because I've got something on my mind. What you, Ferguson, you weren't there, Alex, but Ferguson, Dan, you know, I, I now I'm getting on a bit and I can't bounce around all the time. So I get a seat on that table. Is it entrance E you come in there? Is it Ferg or is it C? C, C, C for Charlie. Entrance C. So there's a, a couple of tables inside entrance C and the boys kindly bring me over a beer for the old man. I'm very happy with that. Thank you very much. But I took the opportunity yesterday as, as the crowd grew singing with you boys. 
I took the opportunity to watch people coming in Block C because there's been some moaning, hasn't there? And I'll tell you what, boys, all I saw was loads of tourists and loads of half-and-half half scarves coming in, loads of full bags of merchandise. But they were all coming in smiling. They loved singing. A load of people actually came in singing the songs. And those that didn't want to just filed in and went on their way. And I thought it made the inside, the, the, the atmosphere inside the entrance of Block C was superb yesterday. Absolutely superb. And if Arsenal try and clear that away, then they are really making the wrong statement, the very wrong statement, because that is where the atmosphere starts. Just just one more yeah. minute. First. When it moves inside yeah. the ground, you boys rightly said it when it dropped. It, it, you know, it did. It, it didn't drop dead silent, but the, the level dropped a little bit, right? But I can understand it at that game. I mean, I was singing my head off round in block seven, you know. But the, the, it's it's the biggest game we've played in, like, against City in 13, 14 years. Remember what I said, boys? You win the league in the Northwest, right? Last year, we won the London League and we lost it against the Northwest sides. But it's very early days yet. Very early days. I shouldn't really be saying this so soon. But this year, Man United away. Man United at home, win. Everton away, win. Man City at home, win. That is Premiership winning form, right? And that is why the fans were a bit nervous because a lot of them, we knew, don't we? We know the importance of that game yesterday. But I'll tell you what, boys, didn't they make up for it at the end? My ears were killing me at the yeah, end. Must have been even this, wow, even sorry, this I've morning. No, even, even, even this morning, Trev, you know, I don't know if it's what it's like in nightclubs now because I haven't been in a nightclub in, well, in a long, long time. But I used to wake up the next morning and your ears are still ringing from the night before. Uh, your, your clothes stunk of fags and your shoes were generally stuck to the floor because there was so much beer on the on the carpets in somewhere like the Camden Palais or something like that. But uh, my ears were ringing uh, this morning um, still. Uh, look, uh, it was very tactical. It was very much a chess game. I like the heavyweight uh, analogy. I thought that was that was really, really a good a good analogy. Um, but the, the, the controversy in this was um, Michael Oliver, our so-called best uh, what's that? People, oh, Fergus loves people wearing half NASCARs. We won't go into that one. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, best, best we don't. Yeah, um, I, I expressed how 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 much I liked uh, those people watching uh, wearing half NASCARs. Let's put it folk, that way. Folk bullying um, some more people around Block Five. <laughs> quite possibly. <laughs> um, the uh, Kovacic, how how he stayed on the on on the on the pitch for the first tackle on Odegaard. Is um, let me just get rid of that banner because you can't see it properly on there. Uh, it is very, 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 very questionable how he stayed on for that one. For the second uh, uh, tackle, which he made on Declan Rice, only a few minutes later, um, he should have definitely got a second yellow card. VAR even looked um, at the, the the Odegaard challenge uh, in the first place, and we only don't have to look back to a week ago when Tottenham played Liverpool. Uh, and Jota got two yellows, uh, and then there was also the, um, the, the 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 foul that went to VAR, which went from a yellow to a red. It wasn't that much. Okay, the guy went over the ball a, little, a bit more, but it wasn't that much different uh, from Jones's one. Alex, thoughts on the Odegaard tackle? Did you think it should have been a red? Well, first of all, I'm just glad that Odegaard didn't break his ankle or leg because, I mean, if he would have come in. Just a bit with a bit more speed, he would have snapped his his leg in in two. So um, I'm glad he got up and he was okay. But 
Yeah, I think what I think's happened is the the referees and all them they've they've talked about that they don't want to ruin the game by giving a, a an early a red card or something like that. So I think that's what happened for, with the first foul on Odegaard. It should have been a red, um, but he probably didn't want to want to sort of ruin the match. Um, so that's why he he didn't, and then the the VAR didn't deem it to be clear and obvious. But I don't get why he didn't. He should have been called out to the screen to have a, a second look at it, um, which I don't understand. And then the, the second one, minutes after on, on Rice, that's yeah. I mean, how it's not a yellow card, I have no clue. Um, he was quick to, to book Martinelli twice uh, at the Wolves game a couple of years ago. Oh, just a, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and we saw it with Tom Yasu this season as well uh, in in the Crystal Palace game where he he got booked uh, twice and the second yellow was very very soft. So, I mean, it was the the, the second one on Rice. It was studs up, uh, pointless. It was in in our own half, deep in our own half. Um, it's just a, a clear clear yellow. So, shocking mistake from uh, from the referee again this uh, this weekend. Dan, your views on 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 should it have been a red uh, and how did he get away with not even a second yellow? Oh, I mean, look, it's starting with the first tackle. The more and more I watch it, the more and more I feel like it gets it gets towards a red card. Um, in the stadium at the time, I said Stonewall yellow. Don't think it's more. Um, I can see and understand why it isn't given as a red. I feel like it's a bit in between. I can also understand why VAR doesn't overturn it because sort of the, the the benchmark I normally have is is the next day after a game I walk into the gym and everyone says to me oh that was lucky or that was a bit you know everyone has a different opinion if if they have a different opinion I can understand why they you know they're not saying it's a stonewall red card but not a single person has said to me they don't they can't see how he stayed on the pitch and, and didn't get a second yellow and 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 I have to agree I think if the red the first one's not given as a red. The second one definitely has to be a second yellow. There's, there's no doubt about it. He's, he's so late that in any other circumstance, a player that's not booked gets a yellow card. And I think a player being on the yellow shouldn't change that, regardless of whether refs want to let the game flow and not ruin the game. I mean, instead of ruining the game, let's just ruin players' careers instead that they get injured from ridiculous tackles. So, you know, that that could have been so, so key for us that if they'd have nicked a draw in that game, in my opinion, undeservedly, a red card... That should have been a red card could could have given us a, a few more goals and a, and a bigger win. So it's influencing games, terrible, terrible decisions. And then we've seen this year probably the worst standard of referee, and I've probably seen in a, in a Premier League season. Trevor, you sent me a message um, earlier today, and funny enough, Arnie, who's in the chat, has just sent me the same message um, about Michael Oliver's trip to. Um, let me just get rid of that banner again. Um, Michael Oliver, who refused to send off uh, Kovacic for uh, a red, a straight red, possibly or two yellows, was recently to travel to the UEA and refereed a game, and he was paid by the same people that own Manchester City. Uh, clearly, this is uh, AFC Camden's uh, view on Twitter. I've got no grounds to know if it's true or accurate, but Trevor, it's it's quite damning if it is. Well, I, I'm not. There's no accusations needed, Fergus. It just seems strange that they're allowed to do it if it does happen. Why do it? Why give us fans the opportunity to have more doubt about referees? Why? Why? Why do it? They, the, the, the arrogance of the referees and the people that run the referees, 
that arrogance is, is, is off the scale. I mean, you've only got to watch Mike Dean on Sky Sports. The way he was speaking to those panellists the other morning, it was disgraceful. The, it was, they think they're absolutely untouchable. And by the way, right, I think that we it was Jota that got sent off for Liverpool, wasn't yeah. it? Boys? Yeah. I think we do Jota an injustice in comparing his tackle with the Kovacic one. Because if you watch Jota's tackle back, Jota it gets No, it was it was it, it was Jones's it was Jones's yeah. tackle for over the ball. Jota was two yellows. Oh right, sorry, Jones, the lad Jones. Yeah. I, I do apologize. If you look at Jones's tackle, he rolls off the top of the ball, right? So it's in Kovacic has got gone straight in for the leg. When he hits when he hits when he hits Odegaard, I've watched it back today. When he hits Odegaard's legs, his studs are on the way up, not on the way down. His studs are on the way up, and the ball's not even in the picture. Whereas Jones, he was unlucky because he actually got the ball and his foot rolled he off got the top a lot of the ball. ball. And it looked awful. So I think we do Jones a disservice there in comparing it to the, the Kovacic tackle. And Danzi, I agree with Dan wholeheartedly. If you, for some reason you don't go for that, then how you don't go for the next one, I do not know in a million years. And and why Oliver's not going to look at the screen? Who knows? Well, it's not Oliver's fault that really. That's the bloke up in v, VAR should be saying to him, "Get over to the screen and have a look at that." You know. And then to to finish oh, it off, the second go one, on, go on, the second one is Oliver's gone like that. I was looking right at it. Gone like that. No, before the, almost before the tackle's even completed, he's not giving himself half a second of thinking time. And none of us human beings can make a decision that quickly. Because it don't all register that quickly. You have to wait a second or two and then think, right, yeah, that was naughty, that, you know, but uh, it was, it's just, we're talking Tre about, Trevor, we've had a wonderful win for, and we're talking about referees again. It's again, awful. again, yet again. But I watched, um, I, don't, I don't really watch the egg-shaped bowl stuff, but like Ireland are doing quite well. And if you haven't heard, I, I might have a little bit of Irish mm. in me. Um, but watching that referee, uh, an Australian referee that was in the game, just watching him uh, organise his TMO and calling his TMO, can you check this for me? Can you check that for me? And then they talked to him and they said, uh, right, I'm going to put it on the screen now. You're going to see it in the screen, on the screen. Of course, we can hear it here in on, on the TV. And if you buy the ref thing in, 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 the, in the stadium, you can hear it. Um, but then everything's explained. Everything, there is no debate today about... A, a, a foul that was given against um, a Scottish player who ended up spending 10 minutes in a, a sin bin. It's clear, it's done, it's dusted. Talk sport would be screwed, wouldn't they? It, it works the wrong way, Ferg, in, in that, okay, if, if the if the ref has missed something completely obvious, the VAR should intervene. But it should be the referee saying, hang on, I'm not quite sure of this. Can you check this for me? Tell me what you're seeing. And then once he hears what they, they've said, decide for himself. I'd like to go and have a look at this, or I'd like not to. It should be in the ref's power to have assistance. That should be the whole point of, of using the videos. And and when you've got someone recommending something to a referee that then pretty much has to go and stand by their decision, it, that takes the power away from the referee. If you really want to give the power to the, to the referee, let him make his own choices about what he wants checked and what he doesn't want checked, unless there's a completely clear error that they've missed. It just seems the wrong way around to me. And don't, no, let, don't let protocol... Get in the way of the correct decision being reached. Grow a pair of balls. Don't be like Mike Dean on Saturday, who actually said, he actually said, you can't break the protocols. You can't break the rules. Yet he admitted a few weeks before 
that he broke the protocol and broke the rules because he didn't want to get his mate in trouble who was refereeing the game. Oh, I'm, I'm, Dean's the worst, right? Because he's getting paid to tell us his crap, right? But something has got to be done. Something has got to be done to get this game consistent. And more can be done. And it should start with removing these referees' arrogance and removing their, their insistence on sticking to protocol, even when it's the wrong thing to do. You know, to finish on the referees' things, and, and we'll move on to the, the second half of the game, but it was Mike Dean's arrogance um, as well about saying that he doesn't want ex-players involved because uh, I, I, because they'll just shout and moan. And it was just it was just disgusting the way he was so dismissive of ex-players. Ex-players are good enough to be pundits on TV. Um, some of them are good. Some of them aren't uh, aren't so good. But some of them have got a lot of knowledge. You look at Vincent Company. I don't know if you watched the Burnley uh, documentary, but Vincent Company, I, I, I set up as an example, um, Mikel Arteta, somebody who understands football, somebody who, who, who gets football, who understands the rules, the, tech, the tactics. Not all of them you know, are, I don't know, a Jamie Vardy sort of, you know, there are some that really do understand the sport very, very well. Listen, oh, uh, there was four... Let me just put in here again, right? So I want to ask you three boys a question, right? I want to ask you three... Have you all seen the, the Mike Dean clip on? on? Yeah. Yes. I understand right. why Paul Merson and lost it. Is it just me or, or, or does anyone else see it? I can't believe the arrogance of the man. That yeah. downright arrogance and rudeness of the man. And this is... This just shows what our referees are like. They're never wrong. They're never wrong. Yeah, true. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would say on, on that, Trev, uh, there, there's two things that stand out for me as ridiculous. Is One, as you said, dismissing ex-players because an ex-player would understand that the most important thing in that scenario is to give a goal that was a legitimate goal. And if you rule out a legitimate goal, he can talk all he likes about laws. They've broken the law by not giving a legitimate goal. So now... Yeah. You know, as you said, grow a pair, stop sticking to the letter of law and saying, I can't now stop a game 10 seconds into the second half. Just stop the game, get the right decision, keep the integrity of the game, and then carry on. And I don't think any any side would really argue and say, you shouldn't have stopped the game 10 seconds into, into kickoff when there yeah. is a little goal given. I, I don't believe any yeah. professional player would, would do that. And, and you only understand that by having professionals in and around the refereeing decisions. I, 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 I can only think... I can only see the advantage of bringing in people who have, and you know, as I said, there's different levels of knowledge of the game, and and there's there's players, the company Arteta, and a few others who I would say have got that level that could could manage and get involved further with the PGM. They do training, but of course. Yeah, it's of course. Not like they're of just going to go straight into refereeing. That they're going to have to do training as well. Well, you would uh, you would like to think so, but I don't think the referees do at the minute. Listen, this is about the Arsenal. It's not just about the referees. Yeah, Martinelli yeah. comes on for Trossard. Uh, Martinelli comes on for an injured Trossard at half time. Uh, Havertz comes on uh, and party, and Tommy Asu come on for uh, Eddie Zini and Jorginho. Um, I thought Zini uh, had a really good game. I didn't even notice. Um, uh, Eddie, a huge amount in the game. I'm not going to dig him out. We don't do that sort of thing on here. But I just think we're. Uh, of the eleven men on the pitch, are, 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 and 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 the four subs that we had, you know, so we had fifteen players feature in that game. There was two players that I, I I can rule out for being man of the match, but of the other, 
of the other 13 players, it's really difficult to try and pick one out of the other. Saliba was outstanding. Um, uh, Rice was outstanding. Uh, there was an outstanding performance. Odegaard was outstanding. There was outstanding performance all over the pitch. But 86 minutes in, um, those four substitutions uh, substitutes were involved. I don't, is this the first, Alex, that the four subs that come on were um, were, were involved in making and building up? It, it all came from Tommy, Tommy Asu's play. Uh, and... Ake did get a one hell of a smack in the face, and it was a wicked deflection. <laughs> but I'll take it all day long. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, it was brilliant seeing Arteta must have been delighted when he st- stood on on the sideline, seeing them four substitutes: uh, Thomas Partey bringing the ball forward from from our own half, and then seeing that Tomiyasu run. I haven't seen that many times before, but he made a run into into the city box. Um, and sort of threw something different at them. Um, he he nodded it down to Havertz, who who um, took the ball down and uh, laid it off to uh, to Martinelli, who just uh, had a shot. And uh, yeah, I mean, you got to have the the luck with you. The marginals sometimes in, in games like these. I feel like if anyone was going to get a winner, it was gonna it was gonna need something like that for it to to go in. And yeah, it. Uh, it was very lucky the deflection. Uh, it took he nearly he nearly took Ake's head off with that shot, Martinelli. But for me, he really changed the game, Martinelli. Um, the way he the, the way he's so direct with his play, his dribbling, he he really offered something different uh, to what we saw in first half. So he was probably my man of the match because of the way he changed the game in the second half. I th- I thought we looked different. The, the energy as well he brings to our attack. Um, he was he was just brilliant. Dan, that was right in front of us. Um, uh, what did you make of Martinelli's performance and 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 just the the, the work of those four players? Well, it's again just maybe those four players, but all the players on the pitch, in particular in that second half, to to to, to come from the cagey first half that it was, uh, to get over the you know controversy we talked about in the first half. They really rose to the occasion that second half, and where it was heavyweights uh, punching, you know, throw for throw in the first half, we did start to get on top of the game, and we did start to look like the better side. Not, not just the second half for me. Honestly, I think in that game, there's so, so many positives to have out of that game. And for, for one, beating Man City is always a positive, but I'm glad that the focus isn't just going to be on the players that they were missing because we did it. With only 15 minutes of Partey, we did it without Saka, we did it with only 45 minutes of Martinelli, we did it with Jesus out on the wing, we did it with no timber in the squad as well. And that's five, and 11 five versus massive, 11. Massive, massive differences for our team. So not only did we beat them, we've got five more players to come back into our team as well. So we, we've got room to grow. But from, from 1 to 11 in that game, generally I thought we was outstanding. People are going to pick apart certain performances, but I'm going to start at the top. You mentioned Eddie. In terms of quality and output, him and Erdegaard wasn't fantastic, but in terms of effort and, and closing down and the, the effect they had on pressing the team to cause mistakes was unreal. Eddie was blowing out his backside after 65 minutes. So, you know, there's absolutely no criticism of Eddie at mm. all in that game. Okay. He he worked his socks off, as, as did everyone else. And Martin Eddie did make a big, big difference, mainly for the fact he came on and just was direct and got at Walker. And, and he just gave us a bit more a bit more fight in terms of being dangerous and, and causing problems for a team because we were very pretty at that point and very cagey, but he gave us another outlet. But uh, for me, there was a, there's a clear standout uh, man in the match in that game, and it's Saliba. He was unbelievable. He's, he's, in my opinion, going to be, if not already, one of the best centre-backs in the world. 
And he's got a guy next to him in Gabriel that forms a fantastic partnership and a guy in front of him in, term, in, in Rice that just absolutely bossed that midfield and steps up in the moments we need it. When it gets doggy, when it gets like a chess match, he's the one that steps up and, and yeah, the, the, those those guys. But as we said, 1-11, to 11, I can say they're all fantastic. Are you looking in your pocket again? Yeah. Arlen's screaming to get out. He's telling me now he's going to send <laughs> Carl Walker out. He's telling me I couldn't give a toss about Carl Walker, so you're stopping in there. Trevor, Trevor, an outstanding performance. Uh, I, I think, you know what, Dan, you you summed it up really well, like 1 to 11, 1 to 15, uh, the, the, the players overall. I, I did point out two players who I, I thought had weaker performances, but a weaker performance doesn't necessarily. But the, the interesting point, uh, Trevor, is, you know, we didn't have Saka. We had Martinelli come on half of the game. We had Party come on half the game. Timber, we don't know how much he would influence. I expect he would have influenced the game hugely. But people talk about um, people talk about um, you know City were without uh, some key players. We were without key players too. Absolutely, we were. Look at that there from Tony. Hello, Tony. You're right, mate. <laughs> Damn, a new, man, song the for, man. A new song for Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one going instead of your pile of rubbish that you lot keep talking about. <laughs> I thought we had you can look at our performance and say we had one or two players that were a bit weaker on the day, but no one played bad. No one played bad. Everyone put in the massive, mass that high press. I'm glad I never had to wouldn't have to try and do it because it, it, it's so energy sapping, I reckon, you know. And for me, Odegaard. The last 15 minutes, I, I said to the bloke that stands next to me, I reckon he's told Odegaard he's coming off in a couple of minutes because he was flying around the field, but he kept up for the whole of the last 15 minutes of the game. Where he got his energy from, I do not know. I'm pretty sure he was doing that with a sore ankle as well, you know? So I was so proud of all of them and the subs, what a strong bench to have, eh? The subs did as proud. Tommy, I think Tommy Asu sent a forward for me next week. Undoubtedly, that boy plays up front for me next week. Um, Havertz did came on and did more of what we know he can do and what we want him to do. A bit higher up the field, he looked better, didn't he? I thought I thought he looked better, yeah, higher up the field. Um, and then of course, Martinelli is Martinelli, he just burns the left for us. The lefty's done when Martinelli's out there. You know you're going to create chances down there. As a fan, I don't even worry about chances coming from the left if Martinelli plays. They come. You know, they're there. And then Party comes on and I thought, I don't know, I thought when Party came on, Rice just moved a few yards further forward and they sort of swapped it about. But Rice went a little tiny bit further up the field. So, brilliant performance. Cagey first half. Brilliant substitutions. And as I said, for the last 10, 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes, I, I was thinking there's only one one team going to nick a game here. And we did. I don't care how it went in. I don't care how he went in. I don't care if, you know, I don't care if Havertz swallowed the ball and farts it into the net. I don't care. We want to go, you know, we're done. We've won. We're due that bit of luck against City. Because we, although we've lost them games, last season we had more position. The season before that, we played them off the park at the Emirates and we ended up losing 2 or 3-1, wasn't it? So we're due that bit of luck and we got it and I'm over the moon with it. Absolutely over the moon. 
Man City had four shots uh, um, at our goal, one shot on target. I know some some stats say no shots, but um, I think that stat is incorrect because I clearly saw Rice uh, clearing one uh, clearing one off the line. Um, Fug, Ch- cheers, Lyndon. Yeah, Lyndon, you're right, mate. I'm getting angry, Ferg. So I need a kebab. <laughs> Actually, you know, you know what? Uh, because you were antisocial, you didn't come and see Smudger for his birthday, buy him a drink, and Lyndon popped into the pub as well because he just wanted to know how the kebab was last week. He just really wanted to know. <laughs> it was, do you know what? It was bang on. It was the the, the healthiest looking kebab. I've ever had, I think. It was chunks of tender meat and rice and salad. And the only thing that was a bit bad was the extra bread Fergus ordered me. But I wasn't complaining. Anyway, sorry, we diverse. We diverse. Sorry, what what was... (laughs) Sorry, I had to do it. Listen, what was really good after the game? And, uh, <laughs> 60 million down in the rain. <laughs> Sorry. For anybody listening on audio, Tony Gillespie has just reworded the, the habits song for, for, done, for, for Dan. 60 million down the drain. He swallows the ball and farts in the net again. <laughs> oh. That's a good well done, one. Tony. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, listen, what was really good, the atmosphere was absolutely stunning at the end. Uh, we piled down the front and there's that picture of me with the Irish flag and with uh, Gil and and and, and uh, Callie and uh, Andrew and, uh, you know, there was, there was loads of us and you're in there as well, Dan. But North London forever. One, we're hearing on the away terraces. We're hearing on the concourse. It's not just played before the game. It was played after the game, and boy, did that ring out, uh, Dan. Didn't it just lift the roof? I didn't realise how loud it was until you even watched it, like, uh, I mean, how it came across on TV. Quite often you could be in the ground and it, it doesn't sound as loud on the telly, but they um, credit, and I don't often say these words, and apologies for sounding like swearing, but credit to Sky. I don't like saying that very often. Um, they gave us a bit of respect that I wanted them to give us for so long with that song in that sometimes the commentary just goes quiet and 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 you just listen to a sing and or or you've got someone like um Peter Drury over the top of it you know that sort of moment where it just it comes across at home how the atmosphere is in the stadium and hopefully they're starting to recognize that a little bit as well and giving us the same respect that that the other lot also get for for their songs mm. yeah and they they've pushed it down haven't they Sean you know what I mean when they're talking about Arsenal on the telly now, it quite often now ends up with a verse, a verse of North London forever. That is that that we are bonded to that now. We are bonded, and 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 it's exactly what we've needed for years. You know, have you seen have you seen the Twitter or the Instagram from Lewis Stumford? He's actually had to go out and buy a PS Five because in FIFA twenty four. Um, they play North London Forever, the angel yeah, it's in the uh, game. for him yeah. in the game. So, you know, it's in the game, EA Sports. It's in the game. <laughs> um, it's in the game. Uh, we're now into an international break. Um, we've all seen the news about um, our, our our star boy, uh, Saka, uh, had to report for duty uh, despite Mikel Arteta ruling him out. I've since seen some tweets. I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but I think he's uh, returning to London Colney for treatment. Um, 
Trevor, because I, I, I like your opinion on this, and then yours, Dan. Um, the the FA insisting and overruling a manager like that, I wouldn't have seen. Well, I definitely wouldn't have seen uh, Alex Ferguson tolerating. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, Gibbs or, or, or anybody reporting to to um, their international duty. If he said they're injured, they're injured. They ain't going nowhere. It's disgusting the way they've behaved. It, it does seem a bit strange, doesn't it? Because I, I don't know whether it's just because he's never been our club, but I can't remember hearing of it before. Maybe it has happened and I haven't heard of it, but normally the club says the player's not fit, don't they? And, and that's it, the player's not fit. Being told mm. they've got to send him to to the England squad first, I, I don't get it. I wouldn't have a clue why it's happened. Whether there's some kind of, I, I don't know, contractual thing there, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't think so. It's just fair, all very, very strange, very strange. Why he had to go, I do not know. But uh, I dare say we'll find out soon enough, mate. Dan, eighty-seven games in, on the trot that player has played. He's played more or less solid for two two years. Uh, he was bound to pick up an injury, and I, I just don't. I think Southgate's quite an intellectual man. I'm not sure uh, if he's the man to to lead England all the way, but um, I was just disappointed with the attitude and 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 the again uh, arrogance of them insisting an injured player turn up for duty. I think it's one of the things uh, similar to VAR, right? In that all we want is consistency, and if they do that for every player, I sort of wouldn't have a problem. I I, I understand it because. You get so many players pull out of international duty that I think is ridiculous because it should be an honour to play for your country. And and certain players that do pull out and don't play in those games, I think, are a disgrace. Um, Saka certainly doesn't fall into that category. You know, he's he's a guy that that clearly loves playing for his country, loves loves playing for his club. So it does surprise me a little there. Um, if there's going to be a player that you pick and do that for, I just can't believe it's him. But yeah, if it's consistent, I'm not too unhappy because I'd like to see the best players playing for England and, and making sure that they're not pulling out. Um, yeah, but Saka, mm. the, the boy the boy needs a rest from a ridiculous friendly against Australia that I can't yeah. believe is, yet again, in our calendar during the season. I don't just don't understand me. it. Don't start me. Alex, uh, uh, Demsek said in the in the um, chat that um, he failed the England medical. He shouldn't even have to go for an England medical. If the clubs say he's injured, he's injured. Yeah, it should be enough. It it seems stupid that he had had to travel uh, all the way to St George's to do some sort of medical checkup for them to find out that he is actually injured. Um, it you you'd think that they should be able to consult with the club and just find out that he's injured and that's it. So, yeah, it just seems weird, but it's probably just some stupid protocols. But like Dan said, it's um it's just the consistency. You you don't really see it that often. So. Why? Why would Saka have to do it? So, it's a weird one, but I'm I'm glad he's uh, going to have a nice rest for the for the next two weeks, and hopefully we'll have both him, Martinelli, and Partey uh, back fully fit for for the important upcoming games after the international break. Yeah, and there are some big games, Trevor. We've got um, Chelsea away on the Saturday, then we fly out. Uh, all of us are flying out yes. to Madrid on 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 the Monday night. I'm going to have some tapas and some uh, cold cerveza, and then head our way down to um, Seville for the game on Tuesday. Um, and I'm get the sun cream on, get the tats out. <laughs> Come on, Seville! Can't wait. Come on, Seville. Where have you found that? <laughs> 
Get a into rare Seville. picture. Seville's <laughs> going to be an amazing trip. I'm looking forward to it. There's some great fellas going down there, and then Fergus is going as well. We're going to have a wonderful time, right? I cannot wait to get to Seville. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to see the Bernabeu with a roof on, aren't we? So a little bonus to the trip. Yeah, excellent. And well, we're hoping to. It depends on time, isn't it? Because I think it's a bit tight to get to the um, the stadium. We, we, we should do. We should do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's only a little go on the uh, on the metro in, in Madrid, Ferg, to get to the Bernabeu. And you come right up at the stadium. So... Yeah. All right. Even if we, even if we get to see the outside, then we can find a, a square and a tapas bar and oh, some tapas. I want some tapas. And grandson. Well, they, uh, they, they, they have Madri on tapas. I'm sure you'll be all right. <laughs> tapas. <laughs> uh, boys, listen. We've had uh, quite a lot of you uh, watching on uh, YouTube. Our subscribers have gone up. Thank you very very much. We're 939, uh, so we're picking up five or six every week. We do really appreciate it. If you do like what we do and you're on Facebook or you listen on audio, do go to the YouTube channel, uh, click on um, the subscribe and hit the little ring the bell um, and, um, and and you'll get to be notified every Monday when we do this. Don't know what we're doing next week. Um, we have a few ideas, but um, we will be in Madrid this time next week. We might do something we uh, on Monday, oh, we might do something. Right. Uh, oh, two weeks. Oh, we won't. Okay. Okay. I don't know what we're doing next week. Oh, the week after. So we'll, we'll, we'll decide what we're doing. We might do something Sunday before we go out to Madrid or we might do something. I think we'll probably do it Sunday. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll have a chat. We'll let you know. What get, time do get, we fight in get Madrid? Voting. Get voting in the chat. Do you want it live Let's in Madrid do a poll. on Monday or not? Oh, we might, we might do some live stuff anyway, but yeah, we're just allowed. Oh, I'm running outside scared, the turnabout. Fergus is running scared, Dan. The boy's <laughs> worried. He's worried about the drunken. <laughs> well, we'll be all right. It's just whether Fur can handle his beer again. It just it just depends who's going to fart a goal. That's all I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't go into that, Dan. I'll keep that one to myself. <laughs> too shy, too shy. <laughs> There's plenty in the Lockerberg, don't worry. <laughs> I know there is. That's why I'm not stepping across the line. I'm right on the touchline. I'm warming up. He's got the he's got the board up, and I go, no, no, no. I've, I've still got the chain on. I, I need to go back to the dressing room and get changed. <laughs> what goes on tour stays on tour, right? Isn't that what they? Isn't that what they say? I'm not commenting, mate. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> I just have nightmares. Three o'clock in the morning. Christ. Um. <laughs> um. Right, guys, there's only one song to finish up with uh, tonight. Alex, 
Thanks very much for your company. Monday nights don't seem the same without you guys anymore now. It's become such a habit. I've thoroughly enjoyed tonight, uh, and it's been good that it was a, on, on, a, on a positive note. It wasn't a cathartic thing. It was just a celebrate and celebration of a really good week of football, good company. Uh, we met lots of the lads uh, over, the, over the weekend as well. It was absolutely brilliant and brilliant. Arnie, <clears throat> uh, Arnie I, think, I think I can hear the fat lady warming up. Oh, no, he's not a lady. It's just his tats. <laughs> Tits. Fergus, a very yeah. short one tonight, mate. At the, at the Arsenal Football Club, when you go to watch the Arsenal, right, you get in the stadium and it, everyone else is an Arsenal fan. They're nothing else, right? Race don't come into it. Religion don't come into it. Politics don't come into it. Age don't come into it. Nothing comes into it apart from the fact we follow the Arsenal, right? And I've, I have cuddled thousands of people I don't know next to me when Arsenal scored a goal. And I've talked to Arsenal all night at away games with people I've never met before, you know. And we must keep our support and our game like that, right? Don't let anything put you off of going to watch the Arsenal. Don't let anything make you fall out at a game of football because we go to watch the football and we're one... At the Arsenal, I'm proud of our fans. We're one big happy family, right? And please let us keep it. Let the old man... Make the old man happy. Let's keep it like that, right? No falling out. If you don't agree with someone, that don't matter. You're there for the football. Let's enjoy the game. Ferg, did no, you hear Dan, that? I let you. I let, I let you off, Dan. I let you did, off. Did, yeah. did you hear that, Ferg? I did. I'm just making sure that you know. Just, just nice don't wear a half. And a, don't wear a half and a half scarf, and you'll be fine. Be nice and the other, now. the other thing is, don't start singing about Tottenham in Finsbury, in, in Finsbury Park Tube Station uh, when we've just played beaten Man City. Ben, Ben, if you're still watching that uh, song, police badge, could you please pass it over to Fergus? Because I believe he's now, uh, he's now taken over. No, I haven't. You have been watching Guns Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks very much, everybody in the chat. Really loved it. That has been uh, absolutely brilliant. Up the Arsenal. Fuck Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.